0: There we go, sorry about that everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast, your home on the Star Wars Underworld Podcast Network for in-depth discussion on the lore, the Republic, and the whole canon of the galaxy far, far away. My name is Matthew and I'm coming from the Underworld North Studio here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. As always, I am joined across the continent, across the border by your friend and mine, Mr. Joel Davis. Joel, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I got glare. I don't know why that's happening.
1: Sorry about that. Um uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Another I don't know what day we're on. I've lost count. We're over a hundred days in the riding strike so far. It's there probably a hundred more to go.
0: Yeah, you know, it's a, definitely still a long haul. Uh you know, keep on Keep it on, keep it on, fighting the good fight. Uh, we got glare because, you know, we got the sun. That's, that's that's the only reason. It's fine. It looks fine. You'll, you'll look great. Anyway, uh, I'll keep on going right along. This week, we continue to shine as we do the spotlight on all the amazing novels, comics, and audio dramas from, uh, you know, you know from the galaxy far, far away. All the canon materials, paper canon materials that we are, we're, we're. Given, given the time in the sun, as, as Joel's getting his time in the sun in, in California, <laughs> given, given uh, Paper Cannon, it's time in the sun. Uh, our list, not of top 10 stories, kind of f- fudging around with the numbers here, but uh, our, our top stories to get you into Paper Cannon. We will get into that just in a little bit. First off, we got our plugs. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Iron Cannon Pod, E-Y-E-O-N-C-A-N-O-N-P-O-D. Um here on the Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel, we got YouTube memberships, uh you got uh super chats, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh Star Wars Underworld Discord, how's that going, Joel?
1: That's going great. Um and uh this Friday, I guess this Friday, we'll be having our game night. So join us on September first yes. at six o'clock for game night. We'll be playing Fortnite. Try to lock that Ahsoka uh, skin.
0: It's already September. What's, what what happened to the summer what what, what happened to it I, I don't yeah. understand anyway uh tractor is back uh, continuing with the plugs here uh yeah our weekly or bi-weekly ish comic reviews Chris Abbott and me uh, and I we, we, we dive in comics care about Wednesday we review them at 12:15 p.m uh, eastern time grab your lunch grab your grab your comics don't get your lunch on your comics but grab your love of comics uh, we review all the Star Wars comics. We had our first regular episode this past week. This coming week, we are we are diving into I think mean, Bounty Hunters number thirty-seven and Hyperspace Stories number eight. Uh, depending on how many books are each week, we might push push it next week. But good if we can just have two two books, we can either kind of keep it a nice lunch break snack or dive in and spend more time talking about each book. Uh, so. That's my vote, uh, and we're still sorting out some some details behind the scenes with that. But yeah, again, shining the spotlight on all these wonderful paper canon stories, um, you know, authors, writers, uh, artists that are still going strong, uh, you know, even even as uh, most screen writers and screen actors are on strike, and uh, you know, they definitely in solidarity and supporting the strike, as as you see right here, but also, again. Yeah, Taking the opportunity, I'm going to keep repeating this, taking the opportunity to direct your attention to some other brilliant stories that we we still have and that we can continue to talk about that don't get as much attention. And so that's being the purpose of this podcast is to, uh, yeah, to, to, to again, yeah, I keep on mentioning this, shine the spotlight, shine the sunlight on uh, on those stories. Uh, so yeah, check out the Tractor Beam this Thursday at 12.15 Eastern time, 9.15. And bring your breakfast. If you want, uh, you know, if, if you're in Hawaii, bring your coffee, I don't know what time zones there are in, in, in Hawaii. Uh, yeah. Check us out right here on the Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel and all the other, other places where we throw up our podcasts, Facebook, uh, Twitch and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. This week in Star Wars, uh, Joel, we want to take it away with your thoughts.
1: Yes, I finished *Rise of the Red Blade* uh, by Delilah S. Dawson. Really good book. It Shows you the life of an inquisitor. Um, lots of fun. Definitely takes a. You get a little sneak peeks from the Charleston comic. Um, Rebels, Kenobi, a little bit, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, so really good. And I have some, started Tarkin now, and uh, in my starting of Tarkin, it just kind of you know brought me back to like what Star Wars novels were like pre the Force Awakens and the. I was really kind of had to either skirt the line or work with it a very limited parameter. It also got me thinking about something we were talking about yesterday when it came to our favorite. You know, I just realized I don't have the microphone next to my mouth. I don't
0: uh, hear- that sounds so much better. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh my,
1: I'm so sorry. I don't know what That's happened. Right. Um, But. um,
0: uh, something you were talking but, uh, about the other day. You
1: know, we were talking about the other day about world building and stuff. And I started thinking about, you know, Bloodline and the Rise of Skywalker novelization I'm getting some water because I'm going to get my mouth dry.
0: Yeah. Um, first of all, I haven't Man. said Rise of the Red Blade, so uh, hopefully diving in. Anyway, sorry, go ahead.
1: You certainly should. Um, I was thinking about those books in particular, and I started questioning, you know, the world-building of those books. I do always back wonder What is the? what are ideas that are from the individual author and what are kind of uh, mm-hmm. notes from on high to say, hey, can you put this in the book for us? Like, what's right. – a uh, like, did Ray Carson come up with the idea of Palpatine's son a clone? Or was that like an internal thing from on high of like, oh, we got to figure out what all this Palpatine son stuff is from the movie? Uh, clone. There we go. Ray Carson put it in the novelization so people kind of know what our stance is on certain uh, world lore building material. Um, or even like, you know, I'm thinking about um, the New Republic's depiction uh from bloodline and aftermath and newer things that we can't talk about. Uh but we all we all know what we're talking about. Um mm-hmm. and like that's been pretty consistent across the board so far. I'm so sorry about this, glare. I don't know what's going on. It's all good. Um, you, look,
0: you look fantastic, Joel.
1: Um, and I'm like, well, you know, how much of these ideas are from the individual authors of Chuck Wendy, Claudia Gray, and how much of these are like mm-hmm story group and the powers that be the lore masters the the kind of the team that kind of keeps star wars somewhat steady and stable um you know kind of like have basic outlines of like okay this is kind of generally what we want it's the kind of general direction you're kind of you should go in and then kind of fill in the blanks from there and you know i just sort of i was thinking about this and we talked about like world building in the novels especially those early early days and then I guess with High Republic, it's kind of more of a of a, collab, a true collaboration between Story Group and the authors as they're building up a world from scratch. Um, yeah, I mean so a, yeah, that's that was one of my general thoughts as I start Tarkin now. which is a James Lucino book. Lots of fun.
0: Right. I mean, it's interesting to go back into this previous era, if you will, of uh, paper canon storytelling, Star Wars storytelling, back when there was this idea that everything would really be integrated and tied in together, and uh, yeah, I mean, as we know, there be these notes, like you said, from on high about you can't do this, you can't do that, because this is going to show up. This kind of thing is going to show up in uh, in a uh, in the Force Awakens or in in whatever you know in in Rogue One. And so um, nowadays, sorry, I just mentioned Struck Project, so in those films, I, I got to be more careful there. Sorry about that. Um, you know, in, in you know, in those films, um, you know. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. You think about um, later moments. You know, I always come back to whenever Vader, Vader's mask gets cracked or shattered. Um, you know, Sabe getting the eye when in a Disney Plus series, I, I mean, Disney Plus is also the, the bad guys. Why do I keep saying that? On the streaming platform series that came out last summer. Joe, by the way, you're muted. Just letting you know. <laughs>
1: I was saying you could say Disney Pl- you just can't say the show that's out right now. All right, all right. I'll say disappear. Disney Plus.
0: That that's the rule. I can't help it. I'm gonna get into that with, with my fan expert talk in a minute, but um Yeah, certain you know, Disney Plus show that came out last summer where Vader's mask gets cracked. And of course there's an animated series that where that happens as well. But even the you know, again one thing we're gonna Rebels. maybe yeah, that one. But one thing we might even talk about we're gonna talk about later in this episode. Um, the, the idea of Anakin versus Vader, you know, that shows up in a comic book. Or that shows up in, in uh, the end of J- uh, Kieran Gillen's comic book. And then it shows up basically in in, uh, in that streaming series that came out last summer. So, uh, you know, things like that probably wouldn't have happened earlier on because it was like, no, we don't want to run over those that turf. So That's, that's an interesting question. But also then, yeah, I mean, the napkin bombing seems to be the the classic example of something that happened. Uh, yeah, things that they want to set up. I mean, with Tarkin especially, right? You have, I mean, the 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 Death Star film. I don't know how how much that was under development when Tarkin was being written. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to name those projects, but um, those
1: aren't struck projects, though. That's
0: the thing. Well, the films were would no, be so so the rule from what i understand we came back from here is if it would be a struck project now then we should you know
1: that's uh, not the rule i understood it i only uh, understood it's like if it's be, was on, being aired now like yeah. you can talk about a movie from five years ago so that's just the rule i've gotten
0: well we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get into that uh at some point but um anyway from I'll, I'll stick with my rules you can stick with yours for now then we'll, we'll sort it out, out later but uh my point being, yeah, I mean, how much? Anyway, get back on track here <laughs> for me to get yeah. back, my brain back on track here. Sorry, uh, you know how much, um, you, know, you know, how much they wanted Tarkin to develop to to lead up to these uh, you know, to, to these film storylines, and how much they wanted to lay the groundwork for them. I mean, again, the road to there's the road to film series, the idea of tying novels, and not that Tarkin is necessarily a tying novel. Um, but it you know, it does have uh it, it's in the orbit, right? So uh yeah, it's a great question. I don't know. I mean the best authors to answer your question, the question, best authors, we can't tell. Right, can really the best authors are really able to integrate and work into and really help. I mean, part of it is to say also that I in mean, the SOR group, all everything's written in, in a bit of a committee, everything's edited, everything's um, everyone gets notes and storytelling notes and good storytelling yeah that's a good question um, I mean do you, do you have kind of a an inkling or an instinct on what kinds of things would be notes from on high versus because you'd be surprised like they're like the like E.K. Johnston in, in the Ahsoka novel the, the bleeding the kyber crystal I'm, I think that was her I think that was her idea that they just like... ran with uh, in, in in Charles Soule's comic for example, and then elsewhere. So, and then well, in, in Jedi survivor,
1: I don't know. I, I gotta think that either I've always heard Chris Terrio was involved with the rise Skywalker novelization. that mm-hmm. maybe that's where the Palpatine clone son thing came right. from. Um, Tarkin didn't, I mean, obviously, you know, catalysts being the rogue one tie and they got James. Lysine was pervy to notes. Cause they were nice to him that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've actually been curious. I've actually been curious to go back to Catalyst after Tarkin. Cause I was like, yeah. cause they're both James Lucino novels. So it's like, you gotta wonder how well do those books mash up? Because Tarkin was 2013. Rogue one was probably at that point, just a, a faint idea at the mm-hmm. time, if even beforehand, and they're probably still focusing more on force awakens. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. bloodline. Well, I, I actually fun fact, I actually was reading the force awakens novelization as well, and that went into um, a little bit, I mean, a lot more of the geo, lot more than the movie did about mm-hmm. the geopolitical situation of like, oh, the republic's not right. taking the first order seriously. The resistance is kind of like this paramilitary group supported by the new republic. Um, so that's sort of been there. So that's probably a movie note. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess
0: the larger scale stuff. Sure,
1: I have yeah. no idea about aftermath. To be quite honest, that's yeah. a that one would be interesting to see mm-hmm. kind of what is what was Chuck Wendig and what has been kind of like a mm-hmm. basic idea given with um, newer things that are struck um uh, we can't uh as sort of embrace so mm-hmm. yeah i do wonder i i do kind of have wondered mm-hmm. going back and forth and the Higher Public obviously is is you know probably 50-50 well,
0: that well I, that's a whole, I think that's a whole other situation in which oh. they're all just around the table. Like you got, you got Siglain, you got the luminous authors, you got. Uh, uh, I think, I think Pablo and Matt Martin, and them are, are there. But that is just a, a committee developing these things, and then, um, like, it, I think it's in in that it's you know w- with the with the other novels, it's. Right. Uh, yeah, I, as in, well, I guess what I'm getting at is, is they're they're all physically present together in the room and planning yeah. things and mapping things out, which is again why I love it. It's so fascinating how everything's just kind of developed. Um, you know, yeah, and and so uh, yeah, it it's a it's a good question. I mean, that's kind of maybe the exception that proves the rule, how the contrast is fascinating. I mean, that reminds me to add something to notes for my my thing. But anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, have any more. Sorry, yeah. Sorry
1: No, that's that's my week of Star Wars. Just that's that's your thing.
0: week. All right. Well, I'll, then I'll just dive into mine. As I was fan Expo Canada 2023 just wrapped up. Went from Thursday to yesterday, and yeah, it was on the whole pretty good. um You know, my it was my first time as a you know, at fan Expo as as press as a podcaster. Uh, nice. So first off, Joel, thank you for for being my partner in crime for the last year and a half for me to say yeah i mean i belong there i mean you're know, here and here being the last year on the underworld network uh you know having my badge said my name and Star Wars underworld um and, you know and that being 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 a, an identity a way of a way of being at a con that was a little different you know i did you get to and, skip any
1: lines or anything
0: uh in a way like the way in it was i had an easier time getting in. Uh, a little bit It also cost me zero dollars to get it (laughs) um and then uh yeah and then uh you know free coffee and muffins in the press room things like that but uh yeah it's just just interesting I mean I didn't do any interviews or anything but um you know part of the the way of getting the the press batch is to tell them look I already planned to do the preview thing last Monday now I'm going to do a bit bit of recap now I uh, did a bit on social media. Check out at Ion Cannon Pod on Instagram. Did a little bit there. Uh, yeah, and so it was pretty good. Uh, and already thinking about what kinds of uh, panels. Interestingly, they had a podcast stage for the first time, I think. And, and, and that's something a lot of us have talked about, saying let local podcasters actually basically moderate panels and, and have live tapings of their podcast because there, there is – a knowledge base and there is a a, a media savvy base here in, in the toronto area and you know southern ontario and, and people folks from upstate new york and, and from pennsylvania and um yeah in the area they they come they came out and people came up from all over so uh yeah to actually do that and to actually have that so i'm thinking about some some ideas for next year for toronto comic con in march uh hopefully they get the south building if you know anything about the toronto convention center Uh, The north building is way smaller than the south building. Kind of split between two, and there's a bridge walkway through them. But um, Yeah, anyway, it it was was good. It was, you know, they're kind of the same thing every year. Some things, little things are different. Um, Be interesting to see if they really went in some different directions next year. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. You know, Dom and I were talking the other night and just saying, you know, how they don't really have much in terms of, uh, IP novels and comics, Star Wars novels and comics. It was a little bit. Um, you know, I went to there was there was a, a Star Wars comics panel or podcast panel that kind of devolved into fighting over the last Jedi, oddly enough. Um it was an interesting really? <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. Um I, I won't name names, but there was also um I did go to there was a comics covers uh QA including Steve McNiven who did the uh, did the cover and the interior for War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha? Um, so I asked him about the the black black armor of Boba Fett. That was really really neat. We're just going through his him going through his process. Now there isn't much in terms of conversation with authors in terms of covers, but how covers really have to be iconic and tell a bit of a story, but also give a real tease and stand out. So that was interesting. Um, highlight of the week easily the clone wars panel that was you know and i'll mention why i just said clone wars uh with with ashley x9 matt lanter and james arnold taylor and let me tell you that was a celebration level panel that was they they really went into it they really talked about their experience on the show ashley talked about creating this character that is now exploded into live action and uh creating yeah this most beloved character and, and again chatting with Dom about reminiscing about how for, you know, he would be at, at fan expo panel about Clone Wars and would barely fill a small room. This filled the biggest room in the, on the, in the con, but maybe say a good 2,000 people, to 300,000 people there to, to hear the, the Clone Wars uh, main characters. And yeah, Ashley talking about how, uh, you know, how Ahsoka taught her to be, Fierce and kind at the same time, and how the two go together. James Arnold Taylor talking about how, uh, yeah, he um, uh, kind of bringing the sense of humor, but also some elder- elderly wisdom, and of course, going into funny voices, including a little bit about a, uh, a cow that sounds like Christopher Walken that I cannot do the impression of, but uh, that was definitely a highlight. And yeah, we got a really nice print of, uh, uh, of you know of Ahsoka and. Uh, Anakin Obi-Wan and, and Matt Lanter was chatting there too and just give them reminiscing about the show and about the, the growth of it and the growth of the characters and taking the characters on themselves and now passing them on or at least uh, Ashley coming to grips a little bit with passing it on in live action to Rosario Dawson so uh, that, that was interesting and yeah they just went for it they talked to it I think because animated shows aren't necessarily covered under Screen Actors Guild or something so and it was an anime well, show. Well, Ricky or it
1: instruct? Either? its already out. You... Yeah, that's that's is another it... thing.
0: It it, it it is finished, so I don't know. Um, another really neat panel that, later that night, uh, High Republic, uh, intro to High Republic, and you know, was
1: that, that a fan thing or uh, actual authors were there? So
0: that there weren't any authors here. That was just oh. fans. Um, who, yeah, I was super impressed with. The way they took, yeah, basically phases one and two and, and it, what we know about phase three and made a bit of a PowerPoint presentation and just really broke it down into categories and um, what waves are, what phases are, uh, who the authors are, etc., cetera, and uh, who the Nile are and what, what the Jedi care about and are afraid of and um, without spoiling anything, which is even more fascinating. Yeah. It was, the idea was to be an intro of course, I don't know if how much of the audience were needed an in intro, but still, it was really well done, really well um, uh, just put together. Uh, a lot of a lot of story, a lot of information that they were able to to bring together, and so uh, that, that was really great. That was the same day. That was like also the Friday, I believe, um, and so that was good. Yesterday, uh, Joe Quesada, uh, who Marvel former Marvel CEO and chief creative officer. Uh, an artist himself who actually was able to get the get the top job. He has now moved on. He's with uh, another another studio because um, Kevin Feige kind of took over. Not kind of. Kevin Feige took over all of Marvel. And so um, I don't quite know what happened there. But that was interesting talking about the com- comic book industry as a whole. I, which I was, think
1: um, – uh, not to, to correct, yeah, correct you, know, but Joe Kasai was the editor at Marvel Comics. You're I think you're thinking of Ike Perlmutter, who was the no. CEO of Marvel, who – well, maybe. yeah
0: because, yeah there's uh, a bit of that so two I different remember. people yeah i know i uh-huh. a
1: horrible person and Quesada is not
0: <laughs> yeah Joe Quesada was great i i mean i think i know i know he was up there at least you know chief creative in marvel entertainment marvel comics i don't know this is according to wikipedia maybe wikipedia is wrong i don't know um but anyway he was definitely had a top job at marvel and uh, that he doesn't he isn't there anymore but yeah i mean uh when talking about the disney uh Disney acquisition, uh, he was actually in Toronto signing the paperwork when it happened. Um, and yeah, talking about just the comic book in- industry as a whole, I asked him about how the switch to digital just hasn't uh, taken over, and how um, it's really just meant diversifying options for people to buy comics and read them and enjoy them. And yeah, I mean, of course, that if affects Star Wars, I mean a little bit. I mean, doesn't entirely because you know Star Wars has being, you know, you reading star Wars comics. It has its own appeal. It being star Wars, but also because it's comics. And, um, and then just the, 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 uh, the way uh, the, 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 uniqueness of the comic book medium as, uh, both visual art and literature and written literature. And, uh, it's it's own wonderful, unique thing as, as we know. Um, uh, and so, yeah, very interesting. Uh, again, yeah seemed really great guy, really, really open, um, you know, really just lots of people ask questions, and it was really conversational, it was really well done, uh, as well. Uh, one thing we're kind of skirting around here is, is just how this is the thing I was wondering, as I mentioned last week, how actors especially would navigate the strike. And you know, I didn't end up seeing Michelle Heard because it was just a thing I just had to get lunch when her panel was on. Um, uh, dang, that would yeah. fun. we know she would have talked entirely about the strike. Uh, she was actually, she actually. Spoke at a rally just down the street. I think in front of the Amazon and Google offices that are just down the street there, um, like the Amazon Canada or whatever offices. And and yeah, just at saying you know. So ACTRA is like the Canadian, so she's a Canadian. I don't know what it is, but uh, the Canadian version of SAG. So she she spoke at that rally, but also um, yeah, the panel. So but then so there was Ming Wen, and then there was Anson Mountain, Ethan Peck, uh, of course, from uh, another, the other star franchise, you know, and of course, uh, Fennec Shand. Ming, you know, she was like, nope, I'm not going to talk about anything. They talked about cooking, talked about uh, her her family and vacation, talked about uh, ketchup chips and all dress chips, which are very Canadian things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, it was, it was interesting that they talked about all this sort of random things and then it's Mount Nathan Peck, um, Anson Mount, he gave a good metaphor for the strike and and talked about, especially the AI problem and you right. know, the the likeness rights and all that. But then I mean talked about the musical episode and uh, it was basically he was saying, you know it's tricky, and that's the thing is what comes to mind it's really tricky because the actors and the fans we, we we go to they go to cons, we go to cons to celebrate these stories uh, that we all love. And uh, and that's the sad part is that these uh, massive production companies have used our love for these stories to amass all wealth, all this wealth for themselves and not actually uh, paying and treating the, the people who actually are responsible for creating them very well or well at all. And so um, they think that they can get away with, with that. I don't know, I don't wanna speculate too much on what the future is, I just know I hope something I, I'll be curious to see by New York comic-con what happens uh, in October. Like you're saying, it's probably not going to be, we don't know what's going to be resolved or not, but um, seeing what kind of, uh, who's kind of scabbed and who, who's still holding the line. and How are we talking about how do we deal with this? Cause this is, this is the thing about fan expo. It's, it was the first major, major convention, uh, since uh since the strike first major major convention since especially the the uh the pod, the restriction on podcasters and influencers came up from SAG. so uh yeah it it's it's tricky cuz in new york comic con that getting the biggest convention in north america uh we'll see i'll be there <laughs> see what happens so anyway that's my my FanX mechanical recap um thinking ahead to Toronto Comic Con which is in march it's smaller but not that small enough to justify cramming everyone into the North Building. But uh, <laughs> here's that's the thing: we it might be just in the North Building, which is too bad. But um, hopefully they can fix that. So anyway, I don't know if you have, have any thoughts on on all that or I well, No, not.
1: I mean I'm sure the actors got an even harder time to decide what to what yeah. to not talk about than we do. You know, like I can I'm pretty comfortable in my rule of struck content is anything coming out now during yeah. the strike. So something like Fourth Awakens, Rogue One, Solo, that doesn't count because that already came out years ago. Um, you know, the actors themselves are still in the thick of things. Mm-hmm. So they probably have a lot more, you know, depending on what their own vibes are, they probably want to be like either just don't talk about nothing regardless or, you know, uh, maybe they'll, some of them will be more loose about, you know, stuff that's been out for like, you know, 2015. Yeah. Um, that was 10 years ago. Nope, nope, less than 10 years. Still years, we're, getting years, years. 10 years. Yeah. we're getting close to 10 years. We're getting close to 10 year mark for Force Awakens. Um <laughs> uh but um yeah. but uh yeah, I I I'm I'm sure that's that is um there's something. Um yeah. I you know, I didn't put this in the news, but um did you see Tony Gilroy's speech at the one of the rider strike things? No, I didn't. Uh I'll send it to you. Go uh ahead. yeah, he he had a great speech. Um, although by the end, and it's funny enough, by the end he actually used the one way out line nice. um so that was that was great um really should uh, I'll, I'll send it to you to, uh when yeah. all this is done because this was that was a great moment but um no yeah. I, I, I i totally get that that's sort of I'm sure everyone's thinking about those things
0: mm-hmm. all i got to say by celebration japan that thing had better be dealt with <laughs> you know if it's, it's not then like
1: you know that goes every third i mean if it's not, then like what what happened <laughs> what happened well it's true
0: <laughs> yeah what happened like when there goes the like, industry well, are there going to be any any productions to actually celebrate? I mean, that has uh, you know,
1: no. It's like, I right like. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too predicky, but I'll just get a little predicky. Like, Please. if we're still going by January, <laughs> not great. Could see it, uh, but I could see it. Like, that's one of those worst case scenario, but can possibly see it. We're still mm-hmm. going by celebration Japan, then what happened? Yeah, Wait, that'd
0: what, be what happens? that'd be apocalyptic, is what that would be. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, moving on. Just one little small news note uh, the timeline Taylor's version. See what I did there. So, their uh, Star releases their the official list of eras. Speaking of celebration, what they came out with, uh, yeah, the, their list of eras. There, I'll open up the the page here for you. Here. Um you know, the Dawn of the Jedi, Old Republic, et etc et cetera. Et cetera. Uh, Star Wars.com slash eras. Again, this isn't necessarily new. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I get why there's a bit of a buzz because they created a nice little page for it. Um, that's cool. Uh, I, I'm not uh, too sure. Tell, well, do you know, like, what, what's kind of new about this or what, what stood out to you? What stood out to you about this?
1: Well, two things kind of stand out to me. One, I find it funny that an era is called the higher public and in there it's called the higher public. So I do think that is a distinction of the higher public, the era, and then the higher Mm -hmm. public, this with the symbol thingy, this book initiative, that is all one big mega story. Um, Mm -hmm. And also just, and I don't want to get too much into this, but uh, it's it's something I think about um, Mm -hmm. is that I do wonder if sort of now, and again, it's kind of going back to our first topic, if the powers that be at story group, and Lucasfilm and whoever's have mm-hmm. sort of now consolidated enough, thought about it enough, like, like okay, here are the eras. Each era kind of has a, a unique set of rules. Obviously, yeah. authors can contribute and stuff, but, you know, kind of stick within your parameter. Like, you know, we, we always say, like, you know, oh, uh, you know, green authors, they can do whatever they want. If Tony Gilleroy's not going to write Andor and going... This is the Palpatonian kingdom and King <laughs> Lear of the Nebu Star. You know, you're not going to go yeah. crazy. It's like, you know, I'm sure every big franchise has this, like, Star Trek, where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to write a, something in the next generation era. Captain Kirk appears and, uh, you know, so... There is um, a film. <laughs> no, yeah. <I> mean, well, <laughs> I without the right. logic behind it. Um, So I yeah. do kind of wonder if, like, we're entering an era of, like, Star Wars as the universe now is... <laughs> kind of becoming more fully kind of fully formed, or at least like there's a bit more of like I an ID like, grander mm-hmm. lore behind it. Like not like everything had a had a, had a long book for it, but like we kinda kind of know what they want for the dawn of the Jedi era. They kind of know what they want for the new yeah. Jedi Order era. Uh they know what the Rise of the First Order, aka the sequel era is gonna be about now. If anyone wants to work on that, hopefully yeah. please. Um and mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just kind of interesting that now we kind of have this on the official website now, and last yeah. celebration this came out, so it's sort of like you know, is our, is this a sign like, hey, we kind of maybe have finally figured out some stuff, or whatever. I don't know, but that just, it just yeah. intrigues me. It tickles mm-hmm. me.
0: Two things that kind of strike me is uh, that there, you know, that there's this reign of the empire, and then there's a film set that came out in 1977 that's the beginning of this age of rebellion and, uh, and and you know that the the film that came out in 2016 that's in reign of the Empire and then the one one week later in the timeline <laughs> you get this, this other film where the death star blows up uh, yeah uh, it's it's interesting I mean the problem is history doesn't really work this way um, you know I, I, I'm concerned I get I guess it's okay that it's kind of generalized uh, and they, they don't give like ABY BBY specific dates necessarily except for they
1: do in the Star Wars timeline book but uh, yeah
0: but clearly i mean the you know this 1977 film zero ABY or whatever is clearly the beginning of the age of the re- of rebellion uh well also i mean then there's yeah i mean i guess there's one you can one thing you point you can point to order 66 and the rise of the empire as as this clear historical moment um yeah i mean I just, I just, I hope this doesn't get too exact and too systematized because I mean, my, what I found really, always found really interesting. One of the things, in mean, this whole fall of the Jedi era, which is not just fall, the reign of the empire era is still, there's still Jedi who are following and there's still Jedi who are trying to figure out what to do. You know, there's still clones out there and there's still, uh, out there. It during this reign of the Empire, You know, I'm just, you know, and there's still, uh, there's still separatists. There's still, so, you know, I just hope they don't. Yeah. Like they hope they don't set hard and fast rules about, you know, in the reign of the empire, you can't write, sorry, about separatists. Now that's one of the reasons why I love the line Duke Count Dooku was a visionary. Uh, there's his lights were there. Uh, why I love that line in my favorite episode of, uh, of a certain streaming series that came out recently. Uh, one of my favorite, believe it or not. It's like an attack, it's like a, it's, it's just goofy. Well, I think
1: um, it's supposed to be like a general theme, like yeah. all the Jedi, Ranger Sith, Jedi are fallen, Reign of the Empire, yeah. Empire is the Round is reigning, Age of Rebellion. I mean, yeah, you technically have rebels, but you know what? By the time a new hope starts, of the when the actual rebellion actually means something, that's when actually things get going. Yeah. Um, and then Rise of the First Order, you know, First Order is rising, and then it falls by the time of Rise of Skywalker. And New Republic era, New Republic's around. Even though technically yeah. New Republic's around during the rise of the First Order era, First Order is kind of rising at this point, like really kicking it into high gear.
0: Yeah, it just, it just, medium is the message. It kind of describes that time period as one thing. And it can yeah, I, I, it can, you know, like, like follow the Jedi. This is what's happening, you know. Um, I guess, I mean, it is interesting that that's what they choose, right? They choose follow the Jedi, not follow the Republic, for example, or, or, I don't know, Rise of the Empire or something. Which was originally
1: you know? called Rise of the Empire in Legends. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: I mean, it, it's a choice. It's, I, I'm curious to see what the, like the real world marketing, uh, reasoning for this is, um. You know, I people guess people like
1: us who like to talk about it and it probably means nothing and Yeah,
0: like- I hope I actually frankly hope it means nothing. I mean hope it means something a little bit, but again, but here's the thing, here's how history works. We have no idea what twenty twenty three is gonna be called in five hundred years, right? We have no clue what is significant about anything ultimately historically significant. We try and guess, we try and make claims about it. Um you know, but we don't really know, you know, we don't know just how significant 9-11 will be, for example. Um, we just don't know how significant COVID will be, for example, until, you know, decades later, centuries later. I mean, the first instance we have of the word High Republic is in Duke Jedi Lost, where they're calling it the High Republic. The characters, I mean, I hope the characters never use these terms. Um, the one thing I even like New Republic, I don't really like that phrase for a political entity um but i don't I know do we... make sense
1: but that just me yeah sense.
0: do we, like do well here's a question do we hear the phrase new republic uh in yes. in
1: in i think hux calls it that in his speech
0: the new republic yeah does the new uh
1: republic lies to the galaxy
0: Does grief Carga to Din Djarin, does he say new republic or just republic
1: i think he says new republic
0: yeah I think I they know, said it. That's one of my little hills. I'm probably not going to bother dying on, but you know, anyway.
1: So. I mean, how do you feel about when people call it the old republic? Because that's always meant something different depending on. Who
0: sure, about. but like, when are, when are you? Like, when are you talking about, like, if it's well, during the republic, you're not going to call it the old republic, <laughs> you know?
1: No, a float called, well, Okay, so, this, I mean, I don't want to get too much into a tangent, but we're going to be okay. But the Old Republic has always meant different things. they retroactively meant something. Yeah. So, when Kenobi talks about the Old Republic, he's talking about the Republic from the prequels.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: Kuhn's talking about the Old Republic. he talked about the one from the games. So, <laughs> right. it's supposed yeah. to be a different entity. Yeah. Um. Well, here's I'll do one more thing. Um. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, I've seen the term Age of Rebellion for the timeline before. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, Rebels was actually get a. Act was once considered part of the Age of Rebellion. Yeah, and now they retroactively made part of Reign of the Empire. So I just find that kind of funny. They've been and so Rogue One and Rebels were actually part of Age of Rebellion, and now they moved to Reign of the Empire. So yeah, they're not afraid about changing what shows were in which eras.
0: Yeah, I guess that kind of speaks to. Do we need to <laughs> draw too much of a line there? I mean, again, again, the destruction of the Death Star is that significant? I, I will grant that, but. It's uh yeah, it's an interesting question. Again, I just don't here's the here's my main concern is I just hope fans are able to accept that things can be more fluid. And hope and I know authors will be authors are smart enough too but yeah, okay, it's it's kind of it's neat. I'll say that. I'll give you that. It's neat. Um, Legends had you know,
1: something like this too. They've had yeah. like their timeline brackets.
0: I mean, it could also be just a way of organizing our thoughts and organizing things. Um yeah, probably what it is, more or less. Fair enough. Okay, speaking of things, speaking of ages of stuff, uh, let's get to our main topic, shall we? Uh, yeah. top books to get you started. I, I so we, we originally planned because last week we did top five paper canon stories and we did an order. So like, let's do a top 10. And then we're like, okay, that we did our lists and this, the numbers. I don't know uh, if you had 10 exactly, but I didn't. And so, uh, did, that, yeah, did. you did have 10 exactly. you, you stuck to the assignment. I didn't, um, but I was okay. wait a minute. And then figure out how to actually present this to, to our, our, our audience here of three people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, hopefully thanks everyone for joining that, that. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah, so we kind of don't have numbers or order here, but, um, yeah, we, you know, uh, just different, different, ideas and thoughts and what happened was we there was some overlap and some things that were not at all overlap. And so what we're gonna do is um I'll I'll read, it, read out what our combined overlap list is. And then can we can talk it about or you can okay you can read it. Uh go for it. And then um then you'll read your list of uh what I didn't include and then I'll have my list of what I didn't include you didn't include. Um, and I'm, and it, it kind of it works out in that I'm more what comics will. I have a few novels in there, but what comics can work to get bring you in. So, uh, yeah, go for it with the the combined list first, and then we'll t- we'll chat about it and give your thoughts, and then I'll give my thoughts on the combined yeah. list. Report.
1: Give give your lungs a little break. You went to, uh, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> give your lungs a break. Um okay, so for the combined list of Star Wars books where we think you can start off on Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. If I don't I might not remember every author, I apologize. Um I probably will. But the, um and okay, so the next one is a bit of a cheat, but I think we both agree it probably should be a cheat. Uh Jason aaron Star Wars. Uh, from 2000...
0: 2015.
1: 2015? Yeah. And Kieran Gillen's Darth Vader. Um, Charles Soul Vader comic from 2017? Yeah. Thank you. The Aftermath trilogy by Chuck Wendig. Um, I put in the... Maybe she'd also read a new Dawn first to add extra punch. but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. probably with a spoiler. Um, and then finally, Light of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And maybe also Into the Dark, too. But uh yeah. certainly Lie of the Jedi. So those are our combined uh, choices that we noticed that we both had when we made our separate lists. Um I'll give my reasoning for some, if you, if you don't mind. I'll go. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So uh, I chose the ones that I felt would be the easiest to get into, where you didn't feel like you were... There was like backstory that was sort of necessary or maybe not necessary but like you can kind of feel it um funny fact um i actually did um we'll talk about a little something that happened to me today um we were reading a, a poem from greek mythology um and the funny thing is i understood that play after we kind of went into the whole backstory mm-hmm. of uh, Agamemnon and all those guys and gals and brothers and sisters and whatnot so certainly that was not a play to jump into right away if you want to learn about greek mythology um but the books i but the ones i chose in particular like these are probably like the best jumping on points the lore is still kind of establishing itself the new canon is kind of establishing itself um these are not that world building heavy um Hmm. or they're starting off threads that we will see in the future so these are certainly why i picked the ones that i picked for this list but what about you what were your thoughts when going into these particular ones
0: yeah, I mean, in some for some examples, yeah, I'm mean, the first kind of on ramps, uh, definitely the Jason Aaron ongoing and the Kieran Gill Invader, um, you know, get you at the very beginning of the canon for comics, um, setting up just what they're going to do, and then in, in issue number six of both of those, getting to one of my favorite moments in, in frankly, in all of canon, um, setting up the first kind of Vader having a prequel cool era flashback. And it's it's such a beautiful moment that does cross over into both both books, and so yeah, kind of the, the on ramp. Um, Similarly with the with the aftermath trilogy, right? I mean, to introduce you to the uh, just uh, just the whole story between Endor and Jakku that really was. Uh, I mean, what what all, by on ramp kind of the key initiatives in canon in paper canon, the key things that you know if there is was a concerted effort and i think there was what they've set out to do um you know again to to start telling the story of luke and, and anakin luke and vader uh you know and that that is finally now paying off ultimately with uh with everything that Charles was doing in, in leading up to return of the jedi in comics um yeah there's a film <laughs> um so, yeah, kind of that kind of on ramp again, similar to the Aftermath, telling the story from Endor to Jakku, but from, you know, I mean, <laughs> and, and that's the thing is why we all say, okay, push through Aftermath to life debt. I mean, and, and yeah, and I was initially going to say just have life debt. And if you want to read Empire's End, you really should read Empire's End as well. Uh, I get last, go back to last week. i told talking about how much I love Empire's End. Um, yeah, I mean, it really does. You know, if you're gonna pick three books to to only three adult novels to go for, uh, that just get yourself into it and really dive in. Yeah, it's those three. Um, push through aftermath. Well, I I didn't I never minded didn't mind the first aftermath. I felt a little the only thing I felt tough getting into was okay, these are new characters. Um Nora Wexley and and Nora and Heman are new characters that we don't know. Uh, and that crew, but you know, they grow on you, and, and it, it, the but way the these novel. novels can grow on you, and telling this history from their perspective. And of course, then we get into uh Han and Chewie in the Life Dead, and Leia and Ma Mothma, and uh Chancellor Villa and the 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 birth of the New Republic, you know, literally the this iconic moment, I think, maybe in Life Dead. Um, I think it's in Life Dead actually, Ma Mothma telling Leia. We're no longer a rebellion. We're building a government. You want to talk about Eras? <laughs> uh the the transition, the the difficult, messy transition from guerrilla rebellion to actually trying to establish a Senate and a government. Uh you know, and, and and figuring what to do with a standing army and whatnot, and a sending navy or not, uh in the aftermath of the empire, right? Um, so it really tells that story and it does it. I think in a convincing fashion. I think Joel, you agree, in a convincing fashion. And then yeah, yeah later, I, is, is a, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Talk about after. Yeah,
1: Despair. I was just going to say yeah. I'll, as much as I would love to say read Alphabet Squadron um, mm-hmm. to get the same picture, but like I think Alphabet Squadron yeah. is like objectively a better written book trilogy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, make sure you should take a look at it anyway. It's really good. Um, yeah, I think this is broad strokes enough. Mm-hmm. I feel like Alphabet Squadron kind of. Gets the sense you probably read the Aftermath trilogy because the Alpha Squadron take place parallel to the Alpha mm-hmm. 2 uh, Aftermath. And also there's sort of references to other things. the a Hera's in it. So as as you watched watched uh, Rebels, so uh, there's mm-hmm. that. So, um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I think Alpha... Uh, sorry, we start with A. It's confusing.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Alpha <also> Aftermath. <laughs> the
1: Aftermath trilogy um, yeah. very much is very much a a good broad strokes Mm -hmm. transition. Technically, that book's actually in the Age of Rebellion era still, um, according to Star Wars Timelines, um, which uses that categorization. Um, So, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it it is very much, um, so, so, you know, it shows that these things can be very loose, because, like, technically the New Republic's in there, but still the Age of Rebellion, Mm -hmm. the Empire didn't fall yet. Um, So, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely good, It's a good, it is a good kind of a tease of things to come in things Mm -hmm. that are struck and we can't talk about. But, you know, um, and it's, again, one of those situations, go back to our previous topic, and then I'll stop, where it's like, (laughs) how much of this was Chuck Wendig's idea? How much of this was story group? And how much of this was like a mixture of both? And then, you know, it's like they kind of, other authors are like, Mm -hmm. I like that idea of like the defense league. But this idea of, and I remember a buddy of mine talking about this, where Chuck Wendig wrote, like, all imperial officers are to be charged for war crimes, um, no matter how their rank. Um, that got mm. dropped because that just seems impractical. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, oh, I
0: mean, probably like-. actually kind of unethical. I think
1: Maybe that too. Mm. Um, that too. So of like, you know, and then, you know, newer things could kind have of gotten to what do you do with some pure, with some certain civilians? um yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think it's certainly yeah. a good kind of a mood center for yeah. things to come.
0: And then, I mean, the, the great example for me is Light of the Jedi and into the, I mean, Light of the Jedi, if you want to hire public, yeah, I mean, the great, great disasters, the first eight chapters of that, just mm-hmm. read that. And I mean, that's a, so fascinating, interesting enough. I mean, before Light of the Jedi came out, they just online said here are the first eight chapters of Light of the Jedi, uh, here's the hyperspace disaster, the great disaster. Um, and really getting you into setting up all the characters. Again, I find it a little slightly difficult read sometimes. Um, because it's more <laughs> of a history. I mean, you do I think you find it even more difficult. Uh a yeah. lot of people do. But it, it really sets up all these characters, all the dynamics, sets up Loden and Bell, for example, sets up uh uh, Porter and everything happening there. And and yeah. So uh just again, especially the, the you know, Elzar and Avar and, and Stellan, mm-hmm. the adult branch of it. And so that's why I also add into the dark because you know and like when Light of the Jedi sets up the Nile. Mm-hmm. Into the dark sets up I think the most important characters in the Higher Republic. Uh the, the, the Padawans and Young Jedi, Young Knights, uh Wreath and um I forget who else maybe I don't know if Affie's in it too. Uh, but, yeah, it's been a while since I read it, but also sets up the Drengear. And not that the Drengear have being spoiled, not that the Drangir are all that significant, but they serve as foils for these younger characters to contend with um, this this great danger that they have to face that propels them forward in, into stepping into uh, their leadership role, their story-driving roles, in throughout the High Republic throughout phases one and three, and so uh, that's why I add it. Also, I mean that's by, by Claudia Gray, who yeah, Claudia Gray. She's Claudia Gray. She's again can't say oh, enough about her.
1: I I think I confused. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I realized I always do this. I confused into the dark with Rising Storm. I was like, okay, I. Yeah. That's why I was like agreeing. Like no, no, this is Rising Storm. I am sorry. Um, so
0: so you you would include maybe include into the dark then.
1: No, actually, I wouldn't I? Would mean, just ride the Jedi. Okay, um, I, I'm kind of in the well. I'll I'll, I'll start my I'll, I'll do my little piece and then I'll talk about uh, my yeah. why I, I do ride the Jedi. Yeah, um, yeah. First off, I am someone who just thinks with for phase one just need to read the adult novels and you're fine. Um, but uh, yeah. for the most part, it's broadcast. Yeah, I would almost but, say the uh,
0: opposite, frankly. But
1: <laughs> um, but yeah. um, much like I, I think and this is sort of, sort of something interesting about the new era of Star Wars novels that we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of talking a little bit about post-discussion, but we can kind of intrude. Oops. Yeah, yeah. Including my plug, sorry. Me to back, go out. There we go. Um, where, um, unlike Legends, where Legends had trilogies, and kind of these trilogies would always kind of somewhat build up on themselves, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, Thrawn trilogy, and then they have a, a New Giant Academy trilogy, where, you know, it's like, that's a sequel sure. to the Thrawn trilogy, because it takes place after, and then Certain trilogy are kind of like, they're standalone, but they build off each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's sort of like, it is kind of like an ongoing series, just like in chunks. And then you have the New Jedi Order, which is a complete thing. Um Most Star Wars novels are standalone. Sequels don't, they, there aren't, mm. there are like spiritual sequels. Like yeah. um the Galaxy's Edge book by Delilah S. Dawson is a spiritual sequel to Phasma, because mm-hmm. it built on two of the characters from Phasma. Yeah. Um, but they're not like, you know, here is the Alphabet Squadron Trilogy, and then after that, you should have the, the Noodle Soup Trilogy. I don't, <laughs> um,
0: the Alphabet Soup Trilogy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly.
1: You know, yeah. it, it's a uh, High Republic, much, much like the comics, mm-hmm. uh, is this singular story, or at least this ongoing narrative that's sort of building off each other. Yeah. Um, High Republic's obviously a lot more of like it is a singular story in a epoch where well, it's kind of like the comics are like they're just constantly building off of each other you know run after run, you know, like Charles Soule and Greg Packer are building off the Jason Aaron and um the Kieran Gillard. Um mm-hmm. so but um reason why you know Light of the Jedi certainly um in this list sure. is because um you know that is your starting point for the Higher Republic and it's sort and it is feels like does feel like a book where it's like outside of like How much do you know of Star Wars? Have you just seen the movies? You like Jedi? Here you go—a whole era dedicated to Jedi. You can read it, and you don't need to know anything except maybe the movies, and Mm -hmm. that's about it. Because you like Jedi, bada bing, let's go. Um, And that's why I certainly would put live the Jedi. Like, just try it and see if, like, oh, you know, continue on. Um, It's because it's so detached from like specific characters, but it's about this singular concept that you you know from Star
0: Wars. So. Again, you say all that, and I agree with all of that. Um, that's also why I would include Into the Dark, because it, I, I would say Light of the Jedi and Into the Dark are the dual intros, plural, to High Republic, especially because Into the Dark is so character driven. You got my Garith in there, uh, who, who has to face this danger, has to be propelled out of the. He, he's complaining, he doesn't want to leave the library, but is his master, Lina, so who dies in Light of the Jedi. <laughs> it's the there, again um she's gone so he's propelled out into the galaxy uh and yeah it 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 is more character driven and the young adult characters uh get all that attention so i mean maybe we won't quite agree on that i do want to move on to the other parts of the list here um lost stars and the charles soul 2017 comic for me uh i mean they can be on ramps lost stars, especially can be on ramps. Again, it's also set in, in the aftermath, uh, in that year. Um, it is yeah. One of those on ramps to that story because it's from the perspective of two side characters, side-ish characters, uh, that don't, don't even show up in the, in the original trilogy at all, but it's, it's, well, no, it's not, not just in the aftermath. Sorry. I should say it's set during the original trilogy and then into the aftermath and, and, but I included it because if you want some the iconic, and that's another reason why I included this list in my own list, just mm-hmm. one of the iconic uh, books mm-hmm. in canon. Go back to our conversation last year, <laughs> last week rather, about yeah, just how central and iconic Lost Stars is, just how good it is, just how well done it is. Shockingly, a, a young adult romance is on everyone's best of list. Um, so it's it's just a b- a must read. Yeah, I I did that too. too. And then I'll say lastly for, and then you can jump in for Lost Stars. Uh, Yeah, the Charles Soule, Vader. Just, you want a study. I mean, this is kind of my bias here. My favorite question in Star Wars is the relationship between Vader and Anakin, right? That builds on the Kieran Gillen, the end of the Kieran Gillen run that I mentioned uh, about half an hour ago, uh, delves into that then that's all of Charles because that's set right after uh, the 2005 film. And that's right after Order 66. Pretty much the no scene is in it, and that starts it. And then on you go, how does he figure out what it means to be Vader now? What what does it mean to be a Dark Lord of the Sith now? Uh, Given that all these memories are fresh in his mind. And exploring that and coming to a, a... a place of that of accepting that potentially, but not necessarily. And it just, the through lines in that just the, again, like lost stars, it's just so incredibly well-crafted, well-drawn. Um, just the, the depth that it goes into build again, build, it builds on everything that was laid on. But if you want a great, I mean, I was wearing, so here's a, here's a great fan expo anecdote. Uh, I was wearing this t-shirt one year and I forget what year it was, but, um, was after it would have been probably would have been 20, 2017, 2018. And I bring up number one. Uh, I, it's, yeah. I'm gonna grab this one second. <laughs> so, Good boy. so, Charles Soule oh, oh yeah, comes is. to he would come to comic fan expo. Um, it would be, yeah, I guess it just would have been just come up. So, I come up uh, with with this book, this comic right here, this issue, number one, wearing this t shirt. And and I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a prequelist. I love the prequel trilogy. And this is back when that was still becoming a bigger thing. I'll put this down one second. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, it really, you want to talk about the eras kind of blending and merging and trying to figure out the transition. You know, my my most interesting uh, question, character study and time period is, under you know, the, the way it was able to blend the trilogies together and say this is a real history in for these folks, and this really happened, and this really is real. The events of Order 66 and the rise of the Empire are really relevant, have repercussions for 20 years. Events we see in this 2005 film and the 2002 film, 1999 film, uh, have serious repercussions. and... He really explores that on the personal and the societal galactic scale, and so yeah, it just if you want, uh, if you, if that interests you, if that if you care about that, uh, I highly recommend diving into this comic book. So anyway, you were going Lost Stars and then the Charles L. Vader.
1: Yeah, um, I put Lost Stars in here kind of less because it is about story threads. Though it is technically set in the aftermath, Jack era. it's um, mm-hmm. just more like, yeah, it's just a good book. Like you know, it's like you want to know what Star Wars book reading is like? Here's yeah, one of the good ones to start with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of like, yeah, hey, you know, it's not really like setting up any threads. It's just like, yeah, here's a good book. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what like reading Star Wars can be about. Um, and then with Charles Soule, um, yeah, you know, I-, I picked it because it's like it's a good jumping on point. It doesn't really, <laughs> don't really need to read Karen Gillan's Run. To get it, um, I don't think there's like any major prerequisites to it. Not uh, even the, the Lord, the Darth Moen helmet stuff from Lando comic, uh, but BX yeah, is a good one to go start with. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you don't need to know about that. Um, so, you know, I thought, yeah, that's just a good kind of like a good jumping on point. Just like, hey, you want to read some comics here? Just try this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think that's our... Combined list. Yeah. So, shall we?
0: Yeah, go for it. And I'll say, looking at your list, it's not that I necessarily disagree. It just mm-hmm. it didn't come to mind. But I'll so I'll just be stick with the positivity, and then you know, if I have a comment, I'll I'll throw that in. Say so that's an interesting thought. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, for my list, uh, in no particular order, um, the ones that we didn't necessarily think about, or disagree on or maybe even just not just disagree on but just like yeah. uh, just can think about um a new dawn uh by uh oh john jackson miller yeah um the first new canon novel so yeah um you know, makes sense <laughs> introduces you star wars rebels um Ray Sloan's first introduction um yeah um certainly something worth reading uh, Oops, My oh, Siri started. Um,
0: <laughs> sorry. Siri wants in on the podcast. So the cat... and no, 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 Siri <laughs> no. wants in. Yeah.
1: Uh, Bloodline by Claudia yeah. Gray. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly read this if you... After, like, you know, if you probably got Force Awake. Like, I, I didn't get the politics of it. So, you know, this is about the politics in the Republic, Leia. A little bit of that kind of juicy how did the setup to the sequel trilogy start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarkin, um, which I'm reading now, um, this is just, this is another one of those, it's star, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just, um, it's on its own enough, and it's written by James, you know, that's kind of like, it doesn't really set up any major threads, per se, that'd be more like a catalyst situation, really, mm-hmm. um, but this is certainly a good one, it's dark times, you know, kind of just get a look at what the Empire um, next one, Shattered Empire by Greg Ruck. No,
0: is he Greg Ruck? Maybe. I'll up
1: Um, which was a Journey to the Fourth Awakens comic. Now, this one is interesting because this did start a lot of threads. This is where Operation Cinder first appears. Um, and, you know, that has Greg been, Rucker. you know... Yep that has been used and kind of one of the main ideas that have stuck around. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. has gone, has gotten a in screen canon. So that is, you know, it is certainly, you know, that is a comic that's like, wow, that sort of has stuck. And they've stuck true to that more concept and how that was all executed. Uh, Order 66 style. <laughs> and then uh, much to my surprise a little bit, Thrawn 2017. I would say it's the only Thrawn novel, probably worth reading, um, unless you really want to get into Tim Zon stuff, which is, you know, that's your thing. Your thing.
0: Um, I mean, that is by Tim Zahn.
1: Yeah, by, this is by Tim Zahn. Um, You know, certainly good to watch, like, after Rebels Season 3, which when it came out. Yeah. Um, you know, if you just want to get, like, a, a general backstory of, like, the rise of Thrawn and his character. Um, it certainly sets a lot of threads for Tim Zahn's work um, later down the line, as we all know, but... This one really is standalone enough. It's not that confusing. Mm-hmm. All you really need to know is the character of Thrawn and a little bit of Rebels. Yeah. Um and yeah, that is those are my list. Um I oh, and one more because I just I didn't see it on yours, but I probably put it in here. Uh, I read the Kanan comic. Yeah. I, I, that, that that's a good one. It's a fun <laughs> one. That's yeah. if you like Rebels. So yeah, I definitely would choose the Kane comic as well. So that's that's my list of things that I kind of Thought
0: of like, here are some good places to start. Yeah, obviously, I'm surprised I didn't think about the canon comic because you want to talk about again another, uh, just around same same reason Charles Soule's Vader comic, just around Order 66, both before and after. Yeah, I uh, that's a good one. Um, I, I'm intrigued. It's interesting how a lot of these, a few of these are you want to dive into characters in, uh, in in the animated show. Uh, then, then read these books. Um, but New Dawn and Thrawn. I mean, Thrawn is really well mm-hmm. been in well with uh, you know, you you have uh, Governor Price, you have um, just the, you know, Thrawn fig- trying to figure out how to do politics, which I mean, that's a whole other conversation. I don't quite know if he's that bad at politics, and people give him credit for but you know, I guess reading people and kind of figuring things out, but yeah, he's able to. Sets up the kind of genius, strategic genius that you see in the show, and I mean, a new dawn. That's canon and Hera, uh, and how you know they they have a bit of a fling, a little bit, and just yeah, introducing yeah, like you said, it's the first canon novel. So introducing this new type of storytelling, especially that is it really is a tie-in novel to the show. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean. Again, I'll say the only one I'm kind of scratching my head a bit there is is with Tarkin, um, just because again it, it is very standalone. If you like Tarkin, if you like Vader, uh, it gives it gives a bit of a spot a different take on Vader that is interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean I, I get I get why you have picked these books. I'll say that um, again. I wouldn't necessarily, but I mean maybe Bloodline, especially if you want an introduction and background to the sequel trilogy i would definitely say yeah give that a look give that a shot um uh, kind of I, yeah i'll go. just
1: say my mentality going into this is anyone who's starting this has probably seen at least all the movies yes um yeah. only at you know you know, you can, anyone Star Wars is someone's first Star Wars. I understand that, like, the principle, and that's like, ah. Yeah. But none of these books are written as somebody's first true Star Wars. They're mm-hmm. all kind of written with the idea of, like, you've at least got a general idea of what these yeah. movies are about. And now kind of pick kind of what aspect from Star Wars movies you want to kind of deep dive into. Sure.
0: I'm just trying to look through here. I mean, <laughs> of all the ones that might not be the case, maybe Lost Stars. Maybe, yeah, probably not. I don't know, and that's a that's a whole topic. I mean, we got we were getting to this I think in the Discord or in our private chat. I was in the Discord yesterday, the other day, about how, um, basically all of Paper Canon presupposes the films, at least, right? Even
1: Legends was like that too. Yeah.
0: So I mean, that's an interesting podcast topic to to talk about is what it, I mean, what it would be like to to read these things without having seen any of the films or anything would you care or not i don't know i'll say this i know people who have really i'm very curious to what they think like like they've read these things without having seen any of the
1: well i knew i knew a youtuber who read legends first before really at their introduction to star wars before getting into the movies um so well, they're not, they're not. They don't really like a lot of the new stuff. They sort of stopped after it got decanestized, de- 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 yeah. which is fine. You know, but they're, they're, that's their preference. Uh, yeah. But you know, they—I'll they, say this: I, people who are like that tend to—I tend to also kind of be like, don't care, like don't see the movie as like the greatest thing ever, or <laughs> at least... And they're also kind of like, they're also like they don't hold like George Lucas's words as sort of like sacrosanct. So they're kind of coming off more from like Star Wars, more sci-fi kind of the weirdness that Legends got into. Mm-hmm. Which is fine; that is their preference. Yeah. Um, but their 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 vibe of what kind of standard Star Wars is, and we can get you know like what standard Star Wars is. Who knows? Is sort of is sort of uh, you know not what maybe the mainstream audience would definitely consider. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like as I as I said, you know, there is no Star Wars book that doesn't think you've seen the film. Even Lost Stars yep. is kind of the, the joke of Lost Stars is they're always at the at the important place. They're at the Death Star, at the Battle yep. of Hoth, they're at the Battle of Jakku. Um If they were alive during the prequel, they'd probably be lot at the Battle of Yavin. you know. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean I can
0: almost see someone who loves young adult romance, mm-hmm. but. Curious about what the Star Wars thing is about, but doesn't want to actually watch a, a film. I don't know. Here,
1: here's sort of an interesting idea uh, and kind of to think about. Yeah. Um, we won't dwell on this too long, but this is kind this of is, this is to,
0: quite a tangent. But we go ahead.
1: But this is something that could get close to that Legends idea of like yeah. you've only read <laughs> Legends and not really care about the films.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Someone whose first Star Wars thing was *Lie of the Jedi* and they really got into this High Republic stuff. I'd be really like, curious. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like there's, I mean, we all, I mean, I know they're playing, mean, you're, you're kind of in that camp to some extent where, like, High Republic is your Star Wars, but you've seen the films first. Well, yeah. But, but like, you know. <laughs> but I, that's, is,
0: well, that's the point is I care about like of the Jedi. I care about High Republic because I love the prequels. But, like, you know, what is someone who yeah.
1: only, like, to them, Star Wars is just the high, like, they think Star Wars is this High Republic thing and yeah. not, you know, this nine movie saga and a bunch of other spinoffs and shows and other books in different eras.
0: I will say the closest I think that actually comes is my mom who has listened to the Thrawn audiobook Mm -hmm. but hasn't really seen much of Rebels. (laughs) So she's seen a little bit, but yeah, definitely. I mean, like I I watched uh, I'll I'll talk about, I'll use the names. I watched Serenity before watching Firefly. (laughs) It was kind of weird, but yeah, I get, yeah, it's an interesting that's I watched
1: I mean, Frasier before I watched Cheers, so
0: yeah. I mean I haven't watched it. In a so I, I had no idea those two were actually connected, so that's it. that's where I'm at. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh that was that was an interesting tangent. Um yeah, uh so yeah, that's true. Again, it how these all relate to the films and the, <coughs> the series, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um definitely see that. I mean Shattered Empire. Shadow I probably should include in mine. Just again, because it's it's another way into the the year after, right? I mean, right. Battlefront Two. We didn't really talk about video games, but Battlefront Two mm-hmm. also into the the year after. So, yeah, different different on ramps there. Uh, I mean, that's the thing with Light of the Jedi into the Dark. There are two different on ramps you could take. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the the Kevin Scott and Daniel Jose older comics could be on ramps. I mean, there's, there's the young readers, like there's there's kids who've read Star Wars. My nieces know who Vader and Yoda are. They have not seen a single second of anything Star Wars screen. So,
1: <laughs> oh, I'll ask this question, and if you want to go over your list first, and then we yeah. can kind of go back to this.
0: Yeah,
1: Did Jedi Fallen Order a good on ramp?
0: I think it is an on ramp. I, I mean, that's the thing we didn't talk about video games, but like how we talk about Survivor is this thing that stuck High Republic into people's faces for the first time right. Right? for a lot of people yeah I tell you I mean that's again we think about the numbers right how many more people play video games versus watch movies yeah you know? I, I suspect there's enough overlap and someone would be interested in a video game gamers generally would have seen Star Wars their sci-fi fans too I suspect but in terms of canon in terms of paper canon yeah, I mean, it's definitely an on-ramp. I mean, Battlefront Two, Battlefront Two is more connected. I mean, there are there's one of the campaigns in Battlefront Two is like you see it also from the you, you're 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 in the sky over Naboo, and in and you're on the ground on Naboo too. But then in uh, Shattered Empire, you're also on the ground on in Naboo on Naboo. So it that there's that overlap there. So very interesting uh yeah okay i'll i'll dive into my list um and i again kind of like last week i tried to mix it up i also because i mean you, you we both agreed mostly on novels um with, with some exceptions i was like okay what especially what comics if you want to get to comics what would you do and then i have a few novels here too and then an audio play uh <laughs> why not uh because again my my thing is on-ramps but also what's representative what's what's exemplary and a, a good examples uh, of things that just stand out um, that would then maybe lead someone to explore other things around it I'll start actually with two single issues uh, two comic single issues War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha and just the Alpha so the single issue that kicks off the, war, the whole War of the Bounty Hunters crossover event um uh, by Charles Soule, Age of Republic, Qui Gon Jin also kicking off. I I don't know if it's the first necessarily. I think the mall ones necessarily might be the first of the Age of Republic by jo- uh, Jody Hauser. Mm-hmm. Um Alyssa Wong's Afra from twenty twenty, not necessarily. I mean, we 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 will have been introduced to to Afra in the Karen Gill Invader number three. Um, the you know the one that, very expensive comic. You go to any convention, that one gets a pretty penny. It's up for about $600 Canadian. Uh, so Hopefully mine, mine is nice and safe in my long boxes. <laughs> um, but the Alyssa Long Afra from 2020. The Leia uh, short run miniseries from 2015. Uh, comic book. Uh, Star Wars Adventures Tales from Vader's Castle by Kevin Scott. Leia 2015. I forget who wrote that one. Uh, dooku Johnny lost the audio play by Calvin Scott, Princess and the Scoundrel. It's by Christy Golden, right? Yeah, yes, so yeah. No, no,
1: Princess and Beth Revis,
0: Beth Revis. I did that again last week, I did the exact same thing last week, and then the a new hope, uh, from a certain point of view, uh, is, is in there too. So, again, kind of iconic, giving you a taste of different kinds of things. And so, you know, War of the Bounty Hunters, the alpha, kicking off. What is a Star Wars crossover event like? What is, what is it? How does it start? How do you get into it? I mean, really, that, but then also maybe the first few books in the different, uh, different things. But really, I mean, so at, at the end of that book has a fantastic reveal, bringing back a character that we didn't expect. And then kept under wraps. Charles Soul, Cause and fuss is what Charles Soul does. Um, age of Republic, Qui Gon Jin, again, to give you a sense of what the Age of uh, one shots are all about and this is by Jody Hauser, all the Age of... These character studies, very concise, really well thought out character studies of... Yeah, I mean, I really... Especially Age of Republic as a whole. Really love that that run. I think 12 issues. Um, but I, it's hard to call it a run. It's a set of... It's an anthology of one-shots that tell a complete story, and Qui-Gon tells a complete story about his... Uh, sense of looming of doom about this, the Clone Wars and about uh, the complicity of the Jedi Order in that and how he tries to warn people. He tries to sound the alarm. And, uh, and yeah, and really, uh, really fantastic. Uh, just just very, again, very concise, well written story. If you want, I mean, a nice sample size. I mean, that's one of the things I, I do recommend for just the age of, if you have a character that you like in Star Wars, or that you love in Star Wars, and you want to read a comic one comic book, uh, probably not that, you know, you go to any, any convention, you're probably going to find it for, for five bucks um, or on digital or whatever. Not that hard to find. Just go look for it, read that book. Um, you want to get into comics. So I picked Kalygon because it, it, to me, it really exemplifies what the age of, and you know, I get wearing the prequelist flag, wearing the prequelist banner. Um, you know, one of my favorite characters from the prequels. Uh, yeah, really, really the one that it sticks out. I really remember it very well. Um, you know, Alyssa Wong's Afra, again, not the not the introduction to the character, but the to me the the um, not the word. I don't want to use the word iconic, but the quintessential Afra, weird going for you know archaeology. The you know, Kieran Gillen's run was good, but. Yeah, and she was more uh Shelley was more diving into uh the rebellion versus empire and find you know, finding artifacts and not necessarily finding but like being a an auctioneer and dealing with auctions and things like that. And going on this weird uh weird Bantha Chase uh in this planet and dealing with uh, uh for uh triple zero on Bt. And it was it was a little it was odd. It wasn't the most um yeah, again, quintessential Afra. Alyssa Wong is being able to really write Afra the way Afra should be, it is uh doing this weird ascendant, uh doubling into the ascendant and other technology and you know, the spark eternal and uh this ancient lore, digging up this ancient lore that is just goofy and strange and on you know just bizarre and and the way Afra can be used, the Afra comic can be used to explore this weird side of Star Wars, weird side of Star Wars lore, while also being this sardonic, strange, you know, at war with herself in terms of is she going to be selfish, is she going to just refuse to take life seriously enough, uh, or are the people around her going to require her to take life seriously our, is life going to put her in situations where she does? And so it, it really, I mean, it's still ongoing. It's still happening. Um, it really becoming deeply connected to everything in the crossover events. But uh, I definitely recommend if you want to get to know Afra, Leia, I mean, Leia 2015, at first I wasn't too sure about this, but I was also kind of new reading comics. Um, That one really finally, if you have this question about how did Leia feel, what did she do about the default destruction of Alderaan, uh, right after, right in the film, you know, you know, right in that, in that time period, just after the film time period in the beginning of the age of, uh, or the, the age of rebellion, I guess it is, um, you know, what does she do? She goes and finds all and, you know, the, her ability to consolidate and gather people and, uh. You restore the heritage of her people. And yeah, it's it's a short run, like five or six issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty great. Uh, yeah, Star Wars Adventures Tales from Vader's Castle. So Star Wars Adventures is all ages. It's kids. This one really gives you a sense of what Star Wars Adventures is all about. It's still, I mean, it's, it's it leans into the horror. Calvin Scott knows how to write horror well. Kind of creepy and weird. It's Vader's Castle. This was built on Ghosts of Vader's Castle and I think Shadows of Vader's Castle or something. They kept going, but this was the first one. Uh, Also, the use of Star Adventures in its framing device. And uh, this was, I mean, it can be hit or miss on the framing device in that you have character in a certain, in one time frame uh, going through this adventure, this main plot line, but recounting tales from the past that happened during Invader's Castle on Mustafar. And yeah, it uh, it really takes you through and gives a real sense and a taste. Again, so it's what gives you a taste of other things in Paper Canon. Uh, also by Kevin Scott, Dooku Jedi Lost. Um, you know, again, this really sets up a lot. Especially, you know, I think if you want to go into higher Republic, I think this is actually one of the must listens or must reads, if you will. There's the script version too. It's the audio play. It's the first audio play, uh, I think. It's the first Star Wars audio play, um, is that right? Yeah, I mean, and it it really, I mean, answers this questions. Yeah, I mean, t- um, tales of the Jedi kind of play around with, but that's fine. Uh, Dooku and Ventress and everything they go through, but really, Dooku's history and the history of uh, of the Jedi in that era, and really exploring decades before uh, what we've seen kind of this time period in between the higher Republic and this transition from the higher Republic to the fall of the Jedi that you if I'm using those, that nomenclature, um, I mean, a lot of these, these books are, are transition moments and, and what's interesting about transition moments. So maybe that explains my, uh, uh, my, my opinion of, of the, the, the categories before anyway, but yeah, it also really well performed, great performances, great, uh, Reproduction value, you know, the first, it was, yeah, the first audio play, and so it was really well done. Princess and the Scoundrel you know, another Leia Han story, and I wanted to get it, I want to get a 2022 book in here, just like it was last week, I wanted to get that in because, I mean, it, it goes into, again, kind of questions people might have, story questions, what it would be like, what happened, how did Han and Leia get married, um, you know, if you want a feel of Galactic Star Cruiser and the the Halcyon and um, what its importance to the story. Sadly, you can't go on Galactic Star Cruiser anymore. It was way too expensive. It's doomed from the start. That's a whole other tangent. But yeah, Princess and the Scoundrel crafts a really wonderful story. Not really around Galactic Star Cruiser. It's not an ad for it, thankfully. And there's nothing to advertise about it anymore. (laughs) Um, uh, But yeah, it, it goes into... Yeah, again, character if you love Han and Leia, if you are curious, but just character study in this moment, what are they up to? Uh, you know, after the Battle of Endor and you know, they actually going on their honeymoon. What was that like? Read this book. And then a new hope from a certain point of view. Again, the 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 Pavs. Uh, Return of the Jedi Fak Pov is coming out very soon. Uh, short story anthologies. Again, it's similar to the age of uh, comics. If you love a moment in A New Hope, mm-hmm. if you love a character, if you want to expand your vision, I mean, these are just sh- these are short stories. So I'm gonna take like maybe half an hour to read, if that. And um, you know, I mean, it starts with with Ramus. I mean, you want to talk about the bridge <laughs> between an yeah. era? It's it is that ten minutes between uh, at the end of, of the 2016 film launch. And it, the 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 ship going from uh, the ten to four, going from the Battle of Scarif to uh, to when it gets boarded by Vader, and yeah, I mean the the way these and the thing is one of the things all these show is the way Paper Cannon has been able to explore other corners, other facets, other places, and ways of telling stories. And to give you a sense of those things. And so those are my that's my list: War of the Mount Handers, Age of Republic, Qui-Gon, uh Afro 2020, Lei 2015, Duku Jedi Lost, uh Tales of Middle's Castle, Princess of the Scoundrel, A New Hope from a Certain Point of View. Uh, um, that was that was a lot. Uh Joel, what do you what do you think? Uh any thoughts? Anything Yeah. Kind of
1: yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. Was... I feel like I had a more conservative list yeah. in a lot of ways mm-hmm. i chose things that like i i felt like uh, i was very much of like confused like um you know like you, you say go for war of the bounty hunters right away um yeah. and like you know for me it's like do you, i mean well I know, I know some people who watched avengers before even watching any of the marvel movies yeah. so it can't be done it can't be done people i didn't even know people i Heard a guy who said that their only Marvel film was Civil War. It's Like, well, really, wow. Well,
0: okay. It was my first but, one in, in theaters, really. So that's oh, a great yeah. well, <laughs>
1: thing. Your first Marvel movie period, or just your first one in theaters? I so. think
0: it was the first one where I started really paying attention.
1: I'm mean, close enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, it, it can be done. It can be done. Um, but uh, uh what's gonna but yeah, like I, I guess it's sort of like funny. Like I, I picked the more conservative, like probably should start with the introduction of afra before mm-hmm. then you go into like getting into the crossover stuff mm-hmm. um age republic yeah i think that's fine that's very standalone yeah. um again Alyssa wong's uh afra comic um yeah I, I i i try to take the more conservative approach of like no, going to
0: the deep end right now just go for it yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i know i know yeah uh, but, you know, it's a good history. Leia 2015, I always forget that one exists. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe it's a sign of the of how well, much we of an impact. But, like, yeah. Uh, no, right. That's probably Like, you can read it. Dooku Jedi Lost. That's an interesting one. Um, I, I think I thought about it, and I went back and forth. I was trying to remember, like, how much does it really build off things? And Like, and, like thinking about it now, it's like, I, that's, you know, that's pretty easy to probably a simple one to kind of start. I always forget about the Star Wars Adventure comics again. Mm-hmm. I would kind of get this weird kind of like, oh, yeah, they, they technically count as canon, but, yeah. you know, they're... They're all ages. They're all ages. I'm, you know, I'm sure it's cute enough. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, if you just want to get into novels, regardless of, like, how you feel about, like, canon or storylines or whatnot or lore, like, yeah, yeah, I would definitely read these. These would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Princess of Scoundrel. I, I thought about that one a lot. Um... Because it does mention certain things mm-hmm. like Kira, and I'm like, you know, like yep. Leia meeting Kira and some people are gonna go like, where me Kira? Where did that happen? Um, so yep. so it's one of those situations like mm, does it does it build off too much? Are people gonna get a little lost? Uh I went back and forth on that one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I guess maybe I can see people probably starting that one off for certain. Um it's why I didn't pick Shadow of the Sith, because like, right. I felt like, ah, they still building off a lot of things outside of the Rise of Skywalker novelization, which I would suggest you be 1st got Ochi.
0: Yeah. Like, none of um, us picked Resistance Reborn, for example, right? Which no. builds off everything, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. That one builds up a lot. So, yeah. um, but then, yeah, I actually, I do kind of agree with the New Hope from a certain point of view, even if characters like Afra show up. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, it's just still like, you see a New Hope, want to see what a bunch of rando people in the movie were doing uh reading from a new hope, a certain mm. point of view so yeah, mm-hmm. those would be my just overall general thoughts on your mm-hmm. list. I mean it's pretty good it's good you know um mm-hmm. uh, I think maybe like you were you didn't you weren't as concerned you were a little bit more trusting of your audience almost mm-hmm. you could say of getting into the deep end, which mm-hmm. is um but, you know funny enough is sort of a, a discussion that's been going on lately in terms of what are prerequisites to things. Yeah um and whatnot and you know even paper Cannon has those discussions even though like you know it's funny i didn't pick none of us picked um what's uh what's the uh, phase two high republic book that starts us off
0: oh uh path of deceit
1: yeah like none of us pick path of deceit because i Mm -hmm. felt you know at the end of the day
0: You'll get, you'll enjoy
1: this more if you read the first page of the High Republic.
0: Although and it, it is, was written with the possibility of that in mind, right? Of people just diving right in, that and uh, conversions. Yeah.
1: Maybe, but it's sort of the same feelings I have about hmm. chronological versus release orders. Like, I feel like you get a mo- more emotional connection if you did see the original trilogy first. And hmm. even George, I feel like when you make an advance, episode one, kind of subconscious like, ah, you probably all seeing the original trilogy. In the marketing, it's like, every saga
0: has it. Yeah. Oh, sure.
1: So, um, uh, you know, there's certainly a little bit of that. Oh, you get a little extra emotional punch if you mm-hmm. probably have read Phase 1, at least. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, but I, I just found it interesting, kind of, our two methodologies here, mm-hmm. uh, where you were a lot more trusting of your audience, like, oh, you know what, you, they could probably understand Prince and the Scoundrel and the Alyssa Wong Afra, even if they didn't do Kieran Gillen's run first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's my thoughts on on your list. But I look very good. Yay. I mean, I think
0: what it reveals is just yeah, two different mm-hmm. methodologies. Like for you, it's if you want to know canon, and for me, it's if you want to know a character. Um, and if you or and I think if if for War of the Bounty Hunters, for example, if you're coming from Marvel, they do all sorts of crossover events. Whatever, what's a what's a Star Wars crossover event like? But a good one and not, you know, I mean, I, I didn't mind um, Vader Down. I didn't mind, I didn't even mind the the weird one with the the ongoing, and I forget what it's called. The ongoing the in the after
1: Afra and the vampires?
0: Yeah, that one. It was weird. <laughs> I didn't mind yeah. it. People, people didn't like it as much. But War of the Boundaries is definitely uh, the best one. And so, you know, what's that like um, to start you off there? So, but yeah, yeah, it's true. It, it is. I wasn't so concerned with spoiling things, oddly enough. Because I don't know that and what things build off of what. But yeah. It's a little uh,
1: less spoilery, more just like, are we really I just like I'm worried like is the emotional punch gonna matter if yeah. you're starting but uh <coughs> I mean, well written and it's well written and
0: yeah, that's true.
1: Should work out.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, it's also yeah, if you want to get to know a character if you want to yeah, it kinda yeah, it, it, these are might more more of a commitment if you're gonna go for it. Go for it, I <laughs> guess. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, and you know, to just get a little bit of post list mm-hmm. discussion before we kind of wrap up because mm-hmm. we've been going for a bit. Um, uh, you know, it's it's interesting that, and we talked about this earlier, but I think it's just good to reiterate. Mm-hmm. Um, how many Star Wars books outside of High Republic obviously are one and Duns Are these yet? Mm-hmm. You know, like even I would be like, on the one hand, I probably could give you Rise of the Red Blade as hmm. long as you've seen Rebels and stuff like that. But on the other hand, um, it does kind of, that book kind of does feel like you do have read the Charles Soule Vader comic. You have, right. you do know what the Inquisitors were like in those early days. It is based off a of Charles Soule character from the it, Charles Soule It Soul seems domain.
0: like like one moment, one issue, right?
1: Yeah. yeah um, interesting. And then, Take that moment and make a whole book about it, mm-hmm. which works. It worked really well. Um, so even though you know uh, the there are where where you know there are books that's like mm, that you feel like there's a little extra of that prerequisites compared mm-hmm. to um, obviously something like Tarkin, where that came out like the first or second year of yeah. the new canon, New Dawn, which is the first Star Wars book of the new canon, Aftermath. Even something like a lot of the jedi which came out more recently it felt like oh i think the only prerequisite is just watch star wars the, the movies and you're good um so it, it, it just think that's sort of interesting that even in um that as we keep going even if we keep getting these one and done novels mm-hmm. i do feel like there's still certain prerequisites to like get a f- true emotional gut punch i mean obviously if it's mm-hmm. well written then you'll just go along with the ride. I mean, you know, it's like if you watch the original 77 Star Wars without re- watching the prequels, and that worked. It <laughs> still works. Sure. So just, you know, what you watch the prequels, you get an extra gut punch. So, you know, uh, as long as you get that initial in the moment gut punch, then, mm-hmm. you know, if you ever go back and then you get that extra emotional gut punch. So it's a fine line, it's, it's a balance.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just surprising, neither of us. I uh, recommend Dark Disciple or uh, Maul, uh, Sh- uh, Son of Dathomir. Which, I mean, if you if you watch Clone Wars, then you got to read those because those were Clone Wars episodes. that just didn't make it because the series got canceled. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, I think it's, you yeah. recommend Lord of the Sith. And- yeah. Uh, again, a good character story. Like a Vader. I mean, because there have been, I think, just being... Frankly, I mean it's a great book, but better Anakin Vader stories like the Charles Soul book, which yeah comes out later. Central.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, um, any last thoughts on the list before we wrap yeah. up?
0: Again, it, it's striking how it exemplifies just where our minds go, right? <laughs> and where different again for you, it's it's. I mean, for me, it's almost like if I was going to do a syllabus in an English class or something, like going kind to of what literary genres, and people can maybe grasp it based on genre and based on uh, depth of storytelling. And, and I mean, I mean, Lost Stars does that really well. Uh, but for you, yeah, it seems like what really introduces you to the story, uh, to the time frame, to certain characters as well. But then for me, it's like definitely if you're heard about a character and you want to know this character, you want to meet this character, if you want to meet Boba Fett, maybe War of the Bounty Hunters is for you as well. So for example, so yeah, just I, again where the way our, where our minds go in in what Star Wars is.
1: Yeah, like I would be interested to give someone the 2020 Afri-comic and see if like do they follow what's going on? Do yeah. they feel like they miss something? Do they feel like they miss something and are confused? Or do they feel like they missed something and like, oh, you know what, I, yeah, it's okay, stuff happened to this character, and now I'm picking mm-hmm. up where they left off. Yeah. Um, In that sort of classic Star Wars vein in some way. So, sure. you know, it, that's also probably going to show, show the quality of the writing, obviously, because if it's well-written, then yeah. it shouldn't matter. And if it's not well-written in the moment, then you're probably just asking a lot of questions. Um. That's true. Uh, so, yeah that that certainly that is certainly the uh, kind of the methodologies there. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I think we did it, folks. <laughs> yeah. I think we made it through our list.
0: Your, um, the second second list episode. <laughs> in a row.
1: We're, we're learning how to do these lists. We we've yeah. never done lists before. I don't think yeah. so. We're, we're learning. Yeah. But I think we're do- we're nailing
0: it. We're nailing yeah, it. good recommendations. recognitions. Uh, but on that note, uh, oh, we got it. We even got a comment here. Do we have a comment? Oh no, it was yeah. Never mind. Uh, yeah, on that note, it's a good time to wrap things up. Thanks everyone for joining. Uh, let us know what you thought. What do you think of of our lists? If there's a different one we didn't mention that uh, you would recommend, uh, people kick it off with. Let us know in the comments below. Uh what do you think of everything to do with the strike and fan expo and uh Rise of the Red Blade if you've read it as well? Give us a give us a shout. Uh, in that. the comments below. Uh yeah, or you know, on uh, on the YouTube channel, on the, the Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, etc. Um, yeah, and then you know, even in the Discord, uh yeah, Joel, where can they find you on the internet?
1: Well, I've been taking a long break, but uh, you know, if you ever need to really get to me, you can find me at GID2021 on Twitter, GID2021 on Twitter, or at the Ion Cannon Pod on Twitter. The best place to find me, though, is on Star Wars Underworld Discord, where this Friday we will be having a game night. Um, so uh, feel free to uh, join us there. We are will be having lots of fun and talking about.
0: Let me tell you the, the fastest way to get a hold of him is is if you're if you want to comment, ask for Joel's thoughts and opinions really on something. Uh, find a category in the Discord, tag Joel. He will respond very quickly. He's very good at that. Uh, yeah, I'm in the Discord too. If you want to know my opinion on some things, maybe uh, yeah, kind of show things. I, I did post more Fan Expo Canada uh, photos in the Discord because I didn't post anything about Struck projects. Publicly, uh, I still have a few more photos to share, um, on on, uh, at Iron Cannon Pod on Instagram, but also, yeah, I mean, some things that uh, on Instagram at MNEUG 1138, um, on Instagram and threads. I'm I'm on Twitter at NEUG 485, um, mostly complaining about soccer and that but that's a whole other yeah. thing I, you know and you know posting things about my day job which which is actually kind of kind of interesting if, if that if if church politics interests you then you know give me give me a shout there uh but yeah i can also of course uh, at iron cannon pod e-y-e-o-n-c-a-n-o-n-p-o-d um and of course on uh thursday track ream uh 1215 eastern time right here in the star wars underworld youtube channel and yeah i'm again i'm in the discord As well, I think. Uh, did I get through it all? Yeah, I think I got through it all. Um, so on that note, next week we may be extending the tractor next Monday, uh, talking about Vader Black, White, and Red. We'll see, hopefully, get a guest lined up. Um, but even if not, then maybe we can probably, uh, yeah, do you want to mention something there, Joel?
1: No, 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 I'm just like, yay, yeah, yeah. so yeah, that that
0: comic that was a wild comic, that was a wild ride. So, gonna dive into that as well. Uh, But until then, Joel, let's blow this thing and head home.